Hello from Complex to Queens listeners. Um, I'm Ken Lavin. I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos, and this is this week's episode of From Complex to Queens. How are you doing, Lucas? I'm okay. I'm very tired. Hopefully I uh, can stay conscious for the next hour. Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, mm. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no promises. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for promote, extend, trade, I got like super lazy with it. And just said, you know, the big league roster has a couple of, like, really bad weaknesses. Um, I don't know about you, but watching um, Wilson Ramos catch is among the more frustrating things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not it, great. It's, yeah, not great, Bob. Um, so that and um, also, you know, like second base or a corner outfield spot are also kind of a, a weakness. Also, just generally the bench. Yeah, can we get Aaron Altair off the team, please? Yeah, I don't understand why he's still here. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been about as bad as you could possibly be. It's truly impressive. Yep. So, I guess uh, promote, extend, trade. Uh, Rene Rivera, Dilson Herrera, or Ruben Tejada? <sighs> and if you want to swap Rene Rivera out for, like, anybody, that's fine. <laughs> um... Hmm. Here's the thing. At least Ramos is hitting. Like, yeah, true, true. And I don't really like. I know Rene Rivera has 23 home runs in AAA because AAA offensive numbers are insane this the, year. Uh, the ball is juiced. Yeah, it's like juiced, and then it's all the quad A pitchers who gave up too many home runs in the first place. Yeah, so. it's basically you know the entire pitching population are guys who. Yeah. Rene Rivera is basically just Thomas Nito. I yeah. Think. Uh, I think he might be a little better, but the, I think he's the pretty obvious trade here. Yeah, I, I'm trading Rene Rivera. And then it's a question of Dilson or Rubin. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I want to promote both of them. Um, the like, Here's the problem. like Dilson, Dilson might be able to play the outfield. I don't know that Tejada ever has or could. Yeah, it's, true. So I'm probably... <sighs> Like if you you could probably dump Altair and bring up Herrera. Yeah, that's a one for one. Whereas for Ruben, you probably have to dump I don't know Guillorme, who at least can play defense. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have a problem with either, but that's less concerning to me than Altair. So I guess yeah. I'm extending Herrera, which in this case means I want to promote him more, mm-hmm. and then promoting Tejada. <laughs> yeah. So I agree, and my reasoning is that um. Herrera is much younger, so probably want his future as opposed to Tejada, who, mm-hmm. you know, could, I guess, fill an immediate hole. Um, you know, you could push. He's basically duplicative of Panic, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much the only answer. I, I mean, the, I think the real answer is we want both of them on this roster instead yeah, yeah, of because... Guillaume and Herrera or and uh, and uh, Altair. Yeah, your first home run, big home run the other day, notwithstanding, you don't really want Louis Guillaume up with the game on the line, you know? No. That was absurd. <laughs> like, I, I was pretty sure that ball was going to die on the warning track, and it just kept going, so. I, I legit never thought we'd see it. Like, I, I know he has, like, sneaky raw and stuff, but he's uh-huh. just, like, been so overmatched in the big leagues so far. Yeah. It's I could rough. not be, I could not be happier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, listen, I really like Louis Gourmet. I, oh, yes, I have this, same. I have this like cognitive dissonance where I recognize that defense isn't as important as offense, but I love baseball defense. I think it makes the best highlights in any sport. And Gourmet is such a fantastic defender to watch. He, he's legitimately like a wizard. He does things. Yeah. You're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. But unfortunately he, he, he can't really hit. can't hit enough for it to play right. you know, to let the defense really. And, and the rest of this team doesn't have the offensive bench depth to cover for that. Right. Like if you had if you had like uh, at least two other good hitters on the bench, you could live with a guy who's just a black hole. But they don't have that. Yep. They have two black holes, arguably three. Yep. All right. Fix the bench next year so we can walk roster King Orme. That would be cool. Um, yeah. If, you know, we weren't seeing, like, an endless cavalcade of, like, minor league ITs. You, <laughs> you aren't excited for Danny Echeverria and uh, 
Is it Raj, Ra- Is he still in the organization since they probably DFA'd gone. Him? He's probably okay. gone. We're going to get Rahe Davis, Rajay Davis uh, for uh, September, I imagine. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised if they called up Al- Alcantara. What, what's the new roster role? Do they, um, does that go into effect this year? I have no idea. I could yeah. not tell you. I think it's like 28. Maybe you only get two extra spots, but Alcantara would make sense. Uh, I, I don't think Davis or Alcantara are actually good. No, I, I, the only thing is, you know, Alcantara can run a little bit. Yeah, which is nice. And I think Davis can too, even though he's 310. Yeah, true. Anyway, do some things, Mets. Yep. Shuffle the ends of the roster. They don't do that enough. Uh, you know who largely didn't do many things? Uh, the Mets minor league affiliates in the yeah, last week. Yeah, it was not the best. <laughs> uh, so I guess we'll do the, the records and everything now. Uh, the, the Syracuse Mets went 3-3 three and three this week. They're currently 59-59 and 59 on the season and are in fourth place in the International League North division. The Binghamton Rumble Ponies are, went 2-4 and four this past week. They're now 59 and 57 on the year, 24 and 28 in the second half, which is good for fourth in the Eastern League Eastern Division. The St. Lucie Mets actually had a really good week. They went six and one. They are now 66 and 51 on the year, uh, 34 and 17 in the second half, which yeah, is sure. yeah second place in the Florida State League North Division, and. Uh, I, I really don't understand why. <laughs> I, I could not tell that roster. Looking at, is... this, at that roster, like nothing really jumps out at me. Is like, no. okay, well, that guy, you know, is, would naturally be uh-huh. destroying this league. It um, makes no sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Where's that gif play? of uh, uh, Kronk with the map? It, it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't get it. But uh-huh. uh, Columbia, the Columbia Fireflies, went six and one this week. They're now forty-six and sixty-eight on the year, and twenty-two and twenty-six in the second half, which is fifth place in the South Atlantic League Southern Division. Um, the Brooklyn Cyclones went four and two. They're now thirty and twenty-three on the year, which is good for second in the New York Penn League McNamara Division. The Kingsport Mets went four and four this week. They're now twenty-four and twenty-seven on the year, which is fourth place in the Appalachian <clears throat> Appalachian League West Division. And the GCL Mets went three and four. They're now twenty-one and seventeen on the season, which is tied for first in the GCL East Division with the GCL Marlins. Mm-hmm. So we got good weeks out of St. Lucie and Columbia a little bit. Columbia, the Columbia of the roster we all thought would be good still. Yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie Mauricio hit just like a wild home run. Uh, I, I must admit, I was out of town for a couple let of days. Me, let, me see, let me see if I could find it. Uh, he Basically, it was like a pitch that was maybe like three inches off the plate inside, and he somehow yanked it into the seats. Great. Yeah. I mean, that's actually really encouraging because I want to see more power from him. I also want to see more plate discipline from him, so maybe not great that that's what he's trying to do with that pitch, but the fact that he was able to do it is... Yeah, no, the the bat-to-ball is is pretty great. Uh, Vientos also hit, which is like a monstrous home run. I can't find it. I'll send it to you later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Uh, Vientos' (laughs) raw is still not in question. It's just, is he going to be able to actually Oh, yeah, is he going to get enough of it into games where, you know... He's going to hit some monster dongs. Strike out a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You actually, you saw Brooklyn a couple times. Do you have any quick That's thoughts on that? today. Um, um, it's a boring roster, man. Really? Um, yeah, I'm hoping to see, um, Otanya's on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But, uh, beside him, I don't know, Luke Ritter I like a little bit. Just like a quick stroke and he, you know. I, I, maybe I've caught him on just two days where he got some pop into the game, but, uh. Mm-hmm. It's a really like quick swing, you know. I don't know. Uh, no, not impressed with Mangum. Um, he's he's really honestly he reminds me a lot of Louis Guillaume as a hitter, and especially in the lower minors when he was uh. just opposite field heavy, trying to poke the ball the other way. Um, 
he's, he's really like a cut and slash guy. I, I don't ima- I, I don't really get where um, unless he just like bulks up where the power is going to come from mm-hmm. or where like any power is going to come from. Um, that being said, he's a good defender. He's really fast. Um, and, you know. Maybe they <laughs> work on his approach a little bit. Um, seems like you'd have to totally rework his swing. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't know if it's as simple as like um, just, you know, him learning to pull more. I don't know if the swing is specifically geared to just dump the ball the other way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just know that that's how the majority of his <laughs> at bats that I've seen have ended. <laughs> I mean, it sounds very much like a uh, uh, metal bat swing. Just yeah. I'm going to keep pinging things the other way. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but he, he's a good athlete. Who knows? Um it's the other one. Uh, my buddy Joe Gennard is looking like a guy who's not going to make it to double A. Shock, shocking that. <laughs> he did. He did hit a really impressive home run today. Uh, but, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I think I asked Jared, <laughs> like, I think how, what, how many, one out of how many tries gets you like CJ Cron? He's uh-huh. like, oh yeah, like 50. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, he's striking out a lot, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I always am interested to see the second season numbers before I sound yeah. the death knell, because I don't know how tired these guys are or whatever else. But, yeah, uh, not looking the best. Yep. Uh, I like Kenny Taylor a little bit, too. Um, he's just kind of quick and same, kind of similar to, to Mangum, but I think he has a lot more pop. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Not, not like a lot, but like a lot more. So, I don't know. Kind of a boring blur. roster, Br- yep. but Brooklyn must win, so we're gonna Brooklyn, draft exactly. Brooklyn must win 30 college guys who aren't actually that good. Yep, all right. Uh, you want to move on to players of the week? Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, so our hitter of the week is uh Rene Rivera, unsurprisingly, given that he hit three home runs, uh, forget which day this week, but. I think Thursday he hit three home runs for Syracuse. Um, he hit 500, 522, uh, 1273 with 11 hits, two doubles, five home runs, uh, one walk, and three strikeouts, and 23 plate appearances. All right. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's pretty Lucas, good. That's a lot of extra base hits in just 20 yeah. plate appearances. It's like a 700 <laughs> slugging or a 700 ISO. I think that'll play. Um, yeah. Ball not juice, by the way. <laughs> ball the ball is the same. <laughs> Thanks, MLB. He now has 23 home runs on the season. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine a PCL team? Because I occasionally see like I don't know that dude from Baseball America, JJ Cooper, whatever, tweeting about the the PCL stats with the juice ball, and it's just horrific. You imagine if we still had an affiliate in Vegas this year? Those those poor poor pitchers. Like, like what do you do? What are you supposed? To... It doesn't matter what you throw; it's gonna leave the yard. I think it's like two pitchers have an ERA under four or something like that. This average staff ERA is in the sixes. It's it's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the the. A That's the only way to baseball. describe it. It's like it's like um whatever the next evolution of baseball is, that's just like robots uh-huh. <laughs> smashing. Uh-huh. Like whatever the baseball was in Futurama. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Like... Blurred's ball. Blurred. <laughs> next we're going to add multi-balls and uh, uh, a fucking tether on the thing that makes it ping pong around the field. It'd be great. What do we want, Rob? Dingers. <laughs> dingers. More dingers. <laughs> I'm sending in more trains, more tra- dingers. Anyway, <laughs> Rene Rivera profiting from a juice ball. Yeah, do you want to you want to tell us a little bit about Rivera? I mean, we all know who Rivera is. He's a defensive. He's not a good hitter. Uh, I think we all know that. He's a defensive specialist. He's a really great framer. I'm surprised he doesn't have a major league job. If I'm being honest, like he seems like the ideal type of backup catcher that you want as a defensive specialist or like tutoring a young guy on how to be a major league catcher who can occasionally run into one off the bench. Um, he's seen time with the Padres, Rays, Mets, Angels. He's been around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wouldn't hate if they if if Nino continues to struggle. I don't think replacing him with Rivera would even be that awful. I don't think going into a season with Rene Rivera as your backup catcher is a bad idea. But yeah, I mean, good for him bashing in AAA. Maybe he just likes uh, being an elite hitter. <laughs> I always thought that that must just be fun, you know. Yeah, you ever hear the story just, about like Billy Butler going to beer league softball yeah, after yeah, tired yeah. of just destroying people because. <laughs> It was like last summer we had like a bunch of conversations in Slack when Pete Alonso was just hitting the crap out of the ball during uh-huh. August uh, for Saint, uh, for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, everybody thought he was bored. He, he would get bored with it. And I was just like, that just sounds like a blast, like <laughs> hitting 450 feet bombs in the desert. Like, <laughs> like competitors, I think, always want a challenge. But I imagine like well, as a, as somebody played sports myself, sometimes it's nice just to have to feel like the best person on the field for a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, I exactly I am better than everyone else here. This is pretty cool. <laughs> just doing like absurd things like hitting right. baseballs like into the next building. <laughs> right. Right. So good. Good for you, Renee. I hope yeah. you get a major league job next year. Yeah. I, I think there. I think it's possible that he might be an upgrade over Nito. Mm-hmm. I think the defense. Nito's probably a better defender at this point, just mm-hmm. considering his age and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Rivera is closer to the ninety WRC plus that he's had that he had last year, mm-hmm. um, that might even be a good starter given the catch yeah. escape these days. Like catcher is bad is really really bad so if you're not taking a huge defensive hit and you don't have to play a guy who what was tomas nito's line coming into today tomas nito has a bad uh, <laughs> plus. let's just go with that yeah no 42 that's oh, rough oh. cannot say enough good things about his defense though yeah Another guy I'd like to watch, but who just can't hit. You can't yeah. roster. DRC has it's, him at 60. It's very, yeah, it's very difficult to roster that guy. And at roster two of them, basically. Yeah. So. True. Anyway, keep hitting Darlings, Rivera. It's yep. fun. I'm sure we'll see you in September. Uh, that's usually one of the, the call-ups is, yep. uh, you know, third, third catcher. All right. So uh, Drew Gagneau was our pitcher of the week. Um on August 8th, he had a perfect game going into the eighth inning. Through eight innings, allowed one hit, no walks, and struck out five. So, pretty great day. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we all know, it's similar to Rivera, we all know who yeah, Joe yeah. is at this point. Yep. Um, That's pretty great that you can do that in AAA. He, I, he might just be, like, a very good AAA starter. Like, uh-huh. I don't think he was... Th- some guys just, like, max out there, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's bad as, like, your eighth guy out of the bullpen. Like, it's fine. No, he's definitely, like, a good guy to have in your shuttle, you know? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I, I, I can see him doing this for, like, another two years, maybe. Um, Absolutely. Shuffling back and forth before either he go, moves on to a different team or, you know. I, I think I think I the think Mets often uh, neglect to hold on to this kind of depth. Um. So yeah, good for Gagneau. He's never going to throw a perfect game in the majors, but uh, uh, highly know. unlikely, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, he's been pretty good in AAA. His ERA is uh, two fifteen, I think. Yep, two fifteen, uh, four thirty one FIP, which isn't even like that bad given the the juice. Oh. <laughs> the juiciness of the ball. Juiciness of the ball. All right. I don't think I've ever heard it described that way, but All now juice. that's how it's the balls are now juicy, not juiced. It has been decreed. Um, Hashtag juicy balls. Juicy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh no. God damn it. I wish I didn't do that. Well, too late now. You've spoken it into existence. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see Drew back in September. Uh, unfortunately, I'm more worried that he's going to be like in line for the fifth starter spot going into next season if they lose Wheeler. But that's a depressing discussion for another time. Let's not worry about that. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that things will have gone very poorly this offseason if that's the case. But yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the opening day bullpen. Yeah, I could buy that. Um, 
And again, as an eighth man, mop up, whatever guy, like sometimes you just need to eat some innings. So, yep. All right. So, good job, Rene Rivera and Jurgano. Um, I guess we'll take a break and uh, come back with a discussion on uh, Ahmed Rosario, the prospect, in a little bit. So, uh, back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to From Complex to Queens. I'm Ken Lavin. I'm joined here by uh, Lucas Vlahos. And uh, we're going to discuss uh, Ahmed Rosario for uh, the next little bit. Um, basically, Ahmed Rosario is having a, uh, a pretty good second half so far. That he is. And uh, Lucas and I are going to take a look back at Ahmed Rosario, the prospect, sort of what the the book on him was prior to you know, making it to the big leagues, what weaknesses were in his game, what strengths, and uh, debate or discuss a little bit whether we think he's actually breaking out or, you know, what the deal is. So, mm-hmm. uh, Lucas, you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Ahmed, Ahmed as a prospect was always uh, super athletic, very raw for a while. He had a really noisy swing. They eventually calmed it down. I guess I should do the yep. history first, right? So, he was a Dominican signing in the 20. 20- 12 yeah my 2012 ifa period um at the time it was a record bonus 1.75 million i'm pretty sure it's been surpassed yeah by... it's uh mauricio was i think 2.1 and then alvarez, alvarez got more yeah. alvarez was like 2.7 or something yeah yeah so but at the time it was a record um this is at a time when Sandy usually didn't give out huge bonuses. Yeah, I think the record before him was Wilmer Flores for like 700k or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, which which is a defensible philosophy. Like Sandy would focus on signing a bunch of the lower tier guys because DSL of uh, Dominican scouting is such a nebulous black box. But uh, so, but Ahmed was a big time prospect. He was like the biggest one ever signed by uh, uh, the Sandy. Uh, I don't want to say regime, but front office up until that point. Yeah, they've basically been spending on at least one dude every year since. A couple of exceptions. Mm -hmm. I think 2014, I don't know if they gave out a million dollars to anybody. Um, That wasn't the year they missed on Vlad, was it? No, that was 2015. They actually did pretty well in 2015. Yeah, Uh, they did. Really just Jimenez, but, you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the first of that group was Mm -hmm. the point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they put him... On a very aggressive path, they sent him to Kingsport at 17, and he understandably struggled because he was three and a half years younger than everyone he was facing. Um, if you look back at some of our old reports, back when Jeff was still uh, uh, the only guy doing this, uh, didn't love the swing. Right, The swing is going to be a problem. I could see how it could generate some power, especially in BP, but the hand path is so bad that I can't see him consistently barreling balls in games. So that's a direct quote. And that was basically the the book. Like He had such a noisy hand path that even though he has a really quick bat in terms of actual wrist strength and and athleticism, the the mechanics of it were just horrific, and he was pretty overmatched. Um, In 2014, he split time between the Cyclones uh, and back then the Savannah Sandnats. Uh, just getting a, t- a taste at the end of the season. And things were a little bit better, um, but the, it was punchless, a little bit punchless, which, again, understandable given his age. He was 289, 337, 380 uh, in Brooklyn. And then I'm not like the stats in seven games don't really yeah, mean much. Don't really mean anything. Yeah. It's Didn't whatever. really do much at the end of the year. But. Right. It's a long season. Very young for the age. For. Yeah. Play Playoff baseball. race, probably. So. Yeah. Uh, Jeff still wasn't super enamored with him yet, um, but he pointed out that the swing was improving and he was sort of starting to translate some of the raw athletic shortstop skills into actual defense. Um, the approach is still a problem, um, but uh, still struggling with spin. I mean, this is like you could copy paste this profile and it probably apply to like 80 percent of notable yeah. Dominican prospects like, like really athletic Dominican, good, you know, right. 
really athletic, good tools, somehow doesn't leverage it on de- defense, needs to rework his swing, and can't recognize spin for shit. Right. Like, that's true of like every young prospect at this point. Um, but but the, the, the tools are there. Um, 2015, he spent most of his season with St. Lucie and then got uh, some time with Binghamton at the end of the season. But again, wasn't great for St. Lucie. He was 257, 307, 335, uh, 10 games for Binghamton, so who cares again? Um, and and it's, the book was basically the same. Aggressive hitter, swings a lot, um, bad approach. But at this, level, he's, at this level, he's still able to make a reasonable amount of contact, but just not enough to, uh, not as much as he was able to in Brooklyn, and the lack of strength was still, was becoming more of a problem as, as guys started to just kind of knock the bat out of his hands almost. Um, so 2016 is when, when things really changed. He was one of the bar with success stories that hasn't yet blown out their shoulder and or back. Um, rest in peace. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's really good at um, like lower half stuff. <laughs> right, right. It's football training, right? And running <laughs> yeah. is running is running. And then the upper half stuff for football is entirely yeah. different from baseball. But yep. so it worked out with Barwiz. He came back a plus runner um, and just seemed to add strength, which probably helped him a lot, given how wiry he was. Yeah, uh, I remember like seeing him that spring training and it was like, you know, he always looked like a kid in his uniform before then. And like that was the first year where you're like, holy shit. <laughs> this guy this guy he showed up like a like a really like in, in amazing shape he looked yeah. like basically filled out for like the first time somebody to, it's like it's that that year when your wiry friend starts going to the gym with some meathead <laughs> and uh puts on 40 pounds of muscle in three weeks um <laughs> so uh back to saint lucy where he mashed 309 352 422 um now that like looks really i'll get into what I thought about this at the time later, but that's pretty, that's a big improvement, put it that way. So he went to bingo, um, continued to be excellent. I mean, arguably even better for bingo, 341, 392, 481 in a significant amount of plate appearances, 237 plate appearances in 54 games while being almost five years uh, below the uh, league average, four and a half years below the league average. Um, the scouting was still pretty much the same. This from Steve is always aggressive at the plate. Um, mostly thanks to excellent hand-eye coordination and quick wrists above average bat speed. So he's still not, does not have a refined approach, but, and relying on his athletic tools to succeed. Um, and, and looking like he's going to actualize on those tools. Yeah. And like that, um, you know, the athleticism was going to let him get to, you know, any, any of the pitches he was swinging to swinging, right. at, you know, it was and not he, going to, the approach was not going to be a problem because he was good enough to get to anything and had the, uh, hand-eye coordination to do so. Um, you can imagine that a player like that would succeed uh, fabulously at uh, an environment lot with uh, basically like tailor-made for the desert. <laughs> right, quick in field, balls that fly forever. Babbitt's <laughs> right. score, like it's perfect. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, he destroyed AAA um, in 2017: 328, 367, 466, um, and then was promoted where he struggled. Uh, 248, 271, 394 uh, in 46 games to close out the 2017 season. Um, now, the the approach was a real problem there. Uh, 49 strikeouts, three walks. That's a 30% strikeout rate, basically, and only a 2% walk rate, um, which had previously I, never been a problem for Rosario, right? Like, he could get away with swinging at whatever he wanted because he'd make contact with it. And the things he would, pitchers would eventually just have to throw him crap that even he knew how to lay off of. But suddenly you get to the major leagues and you can't hit that breaking ball. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're able to, you know, paint the corners. Right, or or have have a slider that moves an extra three inches that you need to know to lay off because you cannot reach it anymore. Um, And suddenly, like, the at the flaws... At this point, was he ranked the number one prospect already? I believe he was by... I think he was at at the time of of promotion. Right. Um, but this was this was what the book was. It's like, look, he has no approach. At the same time, he wasn't going to get any better in AAA because yeah, they, no, that that was when they had to promote him. Like, right, he could continue to you know just beat the ball into the ground in Vegas and hit three thirty, <laughs> but it, it's, it's not going to do him any good. He needs to at some point you need to learn how to hit big league spin. Right. It was. It's the same point we made about uh, K. You need to be challenged to point out your weaknesses and, and yep. work on them. Only the best of the best get to the big leagues. Like. Right. 
So in 2018, it wasn't quite as disastrous. It wasn't a 15 to one strikeout to walk ratio, but it still wasn't great. It was a 256, 295, uh, 381, and that's in 592 plate appearances. The 5% walk rate and the 20% strikeout rate. So he's not swinging as at as much crap. He's getting the bat on the ball a bit more, but there's no he's power. Like approaching what looks like a, a what could be like a normal. <laughs> like, right. But that's like, still like it's it's basically the the downside it's not of this great, sort of profile. But it looks like something that could be a big leaguer's. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Right. But yeah. And the defense still wasn't good either, which is the the uh, uh, other other aspect. Yeah, of this game the defense was... was supposed to sort of carry the profile, um, at least while he learned the finer points of, of hitting big league pitching. But um, you know, as we've seen at times this year too. He's struggled, yeah, struggled defensively to the point where the Mets have talked about moving him to center field at some point in the future, which I, th- I think might end up happening regardless, just because of, um, you know, roster optimization and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. right. if, if Jimenez ends up coming up with, and you know, is that good of a defender at shortstop, um, right. you know, you might want to consider getting both him and Rosario into the lineup if Rosario was also hitting, but you know, that's right. neither here nor there. Well, let's um, debate. We, we could debate whether Jimenez is ever going to hit either, but that's a whole yeah, other no, That's a whole other thing. <laughs> I'm sure we'll do that at some point. Right. Um, so 2019 has been a tale of two halves for Rosario. So the, on the season, he's improved immensely. It's 279, 318, 441. That's league average offense uh, with a 330 BABIP. The peripherals are basically the same. 5.4% walk rate, 20% strikeout rate. Um, the first half looked almost identical to 2018. 260, 299, 414. I mean, it's basically the same yeah. with perhaps a little bit more juice, uh, yep. juiciness to the balls. Um, it's an 88 weighted runs created plus, uh, striking out 20% of the time, walking 5% of the time. The second half, which I think uh, in the splits we were looking at, is from July or August 2nd onward? Or Yeah, wait, I have it up. July 2nd. Um, July 2nd to August 10th, so it's a little right. over a month. Um, right. In that stretch, it's been 343, 380, 529. That's a 140 weighted. Now, there's a 376 bab up there, but he's also walking, five, walking only 5.6% of the time. But... He's only striking out 13% of the time, and the swinging strike rate has gone from 12.9 to 9.4, so from below average to well above average. Um, Which leads to the question, breakout or nah? (laughs) Reading directly from the notes here, people. Yep. (laughs) Breakout or nah? I I prefer nah. (laughs) (laughs) You got to really hear the H. Nah. Uh, All right, all right. Fantastic Uh, radio. so, So I believe... I believe I've been the bear on rosario since like 2015 i believe i'm still the bear on rosario so maybe maybe you want to go first and say why you believe this is real uh Um, so i don't know if i fully believe it's real um but i think if if he was really breaking out it would look a lot like this basically mm -hmm. he is not swinging and missing as much um, whether that's a function of just, you know, him getting a random hundred plate appearances where guys aren't really executing the, the slider off the plate away as much, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I can't really say, but if he was breaking out, I think this is what it would look like. Like we saw a similar thing with Nimmo. Um, I think he went similarly from like 11% to like 9% in 2018 or 2017 when he kind of broke out mm-hmm. or showed that he was kind of like intriguing enough that he should be in the Mets plans. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, he's just putting the bat on the ball a lot more. And when you do that, good things tend to happen, especially with his speed. Um, so I don't know if it, you know, is actually happening, but if it were going to happen, it would look like this basically is, is sums up my opinion. Um, uh so i'm like look this is this is if i was building like my idealized prospect or thinking about the prospect profile i like the most Mm -hmm. it's the opposite of ahmed rosario i really really dislike this whole profile of toolsy guy who has good bat to ball but a bad approach and no 
no power because his approach is so bad. Like there's, I don't think there's a pro. There's a lot, a lot of things you need to teach there. Yeah. Very difficult to teach. And, and I think that profile gets consistently overvalued because scouting types see the tools and it's, it's really easy to dream on. This is like, Oh, you teach him to lay out that slider. And suddenly he's, he's got super athleticism, a really fast bat and he's an elite shortstop with power. And, and like when it hits, sure, it's a superstar, but I think treat, training these things is really, really hard. And I don't think people have a, I don't think people's internal heuristic of how often these things get trained is accurate. Um, like more often than not, these guys just are what they are and don't improve in these areas. Yeah, a um, lot of these, a high percentage of these guys end up like Alcides Escobar. Right, exactly. And playable and, for a few years, but you know. And to Jeff's credit, that's what he always said the downside yeah, on. That's why I said Ahmed. it. <laughs> right. Ahmed, Ahmed's downside was always Alcides Escobar and like the good Alcides Escobar seasons, yeah. not 53 weighted run created plus. Like playable for a little while, you know? Right. And and Ahmed is like playable. Um, he's fine. Like he's a guy. As to this breakout, I'm look. I'm I'm gonna look at the plate discipline. I'm gonna look at the power, and I don't see that either of them have really changed. Um, so I know he's striking out a lot less, but it's not because he's swinging less. He's swinging outside the zone even more. Actually, it's gone up by two percent, which is pretty inconsequential. Yeah, he's just making a lot more contact. Right, he's swinging less in the zone, so it seems like his, if anything, his pitch selection is slightly worse. Um, the uh, the positive change is his contact rate, which went from seventy four to eighty two, and specifically from from eighty three to ninety four in the zone. So that's like that's one big change and i'll get to the the comps on that in in a minute but that that's like the only significant change in his plate discipline number that's that's what's driving the 10 percent strikeout rate cut there's no improved selectivity there's no additional walks um and it's only 119 plate appearances now now strikeout rate has been said to stabilize around 100 plate appearances but that number should probably be doubled I don't know that uh, this is a, a significant enough sample size for me to believe it, uh, particularly given the competition he's faced. Like they've, he's gotten to feast yeah, on they've, the Marlins. They've come off a, a weak stretch, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't, I'll get to like why I don't believe that in a sec, but but it's questionable. And then in terms of of adding power, I uh, looked at his batted ball mix. He's hitting more ground balls and pulling more, which is always a bad combination. If you're going to be a pull hitter, you need to get the ball in the air. The quality of contact, contact is unchanged. He's not hitting the ball any harder. Um, he's hitting fewer line drives, uh, and his ISO has only improved marginally, something like eight points or so. Uh, I can do math. That's 37. That's 39. Or whatever. It's improved It's improved marginally. It's basically the same. So there, there's no real changes in terms of the, the quality of the, the hits he's getting. It's still the same. Not punchless because he does have power and he does get the ball into the outfield, but it, it's not impressive punch. It's not something that you're writing home about. So the bottom line here is that that he, while his weighted runs created has improved by uh, roughly, what, 55, 60 points in this window we're looking at, it's almost entirely driven by an 80-point BABIP swing and the the lack of strikeouts. And if you like, if you want to believe that that Ahmed went from a slightly below contact rate in the zone which is where he was before the, this stretch to being elite within the zone like joe panic michael brantley level elite at contact when you swing within the zone if you believe he made that change and actualized it in a month then sure maybe this is real that seems highly yeah, a bit of a stretch yeah that seems highly highly unlikely to me and like maybe some of it's real maybe it's a marginal improvement i don't think he's like I, I I don't think in either of our wildest dreams would he be like a 140, like 40 no, percent average. Not. Yeah. Um, I could see him like settling in at like 110 for the rest of the year. I don't even know that I see that honestly. Like I think I see him settling. The difficult thing too is like he since he really doesn't walk at all. How high of an average is he going to hit for? You know. Exactly. That that that's the whole point. Like you need. Like if you want like, to break down hitting it to three skills, it's probably like bat to ball. He's probably got to hit like two ninety. I don't know. Right. There's just no. There's no. 
he doesn't do the, there, there are three elements you make a lot of contact you walk a lot and you hit for power he doesn't do two of those things he doesn't hit for a lot of power and he doesn't walk a lot which means the entire pressure is on him to make stupid amounts of contact and i don't know that like i'm no swing expert or anything but i don't see any drastic changes he's made that would make him an elite contact hitter all of a sudden like i don't i don't understand where that would come from um and i certainly don't believe it after 120 plate appearances now if you wanted to argue that instead of a 10 percent bump it's a five percent bump like all right fine he'll settle in as a 95 weighted runs created plus hitter once the batter progresses or maybe a hundred which is fine again but it feels disappointing right because this because people because when he's the number one overall prospect you dream about what that should be and this isn't a super exciting player Yeah, all fair. Um, I mean, I'm, I've always been the bear on him. No, yeah, and, and like, um, again, like, you know, overreact to slight improvements. Basically, people want to see what they want to see, you know. Oh, of course. Okay. Of course. Um, it's just the nature of projection, you know. Mm-hmm. It's subjective. Everybody, you know, you want to dream on this this guy. Um, so, it, I mean, it's kind of a mixed bag, I think. Like, there are some things that have been legitimately better. I don't know if any of them are really sticky. Um, but there are also the same things, you know, Babbitt pluck for a month. Right. This could this could just be random Babbitt noise and getting some nice juicy garbage in the middle of the plate because he was playing the White Sox Pirates and... and uh, I mean, he's also 23 and, you know... Right, that's the other end of it, right? You're totally guys, right. Some guys, you know... Um, but yeah, you know, so mixed bag. Look, if he, it'd be a lot more easy to believe if he was, if we saw improvement in his obvious flaws, right? Like if you saw him laying, if you saw the O swing go down, or you saw the ISO go up, or the hard contact increase. But that's not, that's not what has driven this improvement. Yep. What do you make of the defense? I think the defense is legitimately better. Um, I, seems- I've always thought that he looks like he last year and I guess for part of this season, although I don't know, I think just when things get bad, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think generally uh, when things are bad, like around the team, I think it's it's easy for things to go really bad <laughs> individually, you know? Of course, yeah. So I, I don't know if I put like a ton of stock in him having like, just a really bad week or bad couple of weeks with the glove making like easy errors. That always seems to me like a game speed thing when you've got mm-hmm. a guy who sometimes makes like really good plays um, and has all the tools and everything to make really good plays. And then, you know, sometimes he just boots routine right. round balls that like every shortstop should make. Right. Right. Um, I don't think like, I don't, I think too often, especially for for Latino players, people say it's like a focus issue or something. Yeah, no, I, I think it's just big league games move really fast. Like, <laughs> sure, I think he just needs more practice. Like the it's, if there's, it's, uh, yeah, right. Um, I have a much easier time buying into the ability of players to improve their defense dr- drastically. Yeah, than, I mean, we've seen it you know, with a bunch of guys, right. you you can coach defense to a degree. Um, right. And a lot of it is, is noise anyway, based on positioning and, mm-hmm. you know, and the Mets certainly do not have good positioning. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you can even really ding them that much. Um, yeah. Like he has the tools, right. And defense is just defense. Unlike hitting is, is not just a, isn't much less mental. There's no neurology. There's no eye element. There's no, uh, that that side of the game isn't isn't as important on defense. It's physical, and if Max Muncy can train himself into being a serviceable second baseman and an above average, yeah, literally third baseman, anything's possible. Like, right, Ahmed Rosario can can and I think will become a, a decent shortstop at some point, unless his hands are just worse than, which I don't I don't think yeah, they are. Yeah, and in which case I think he is. He, it's the it's the same thing that we're saying about him with shortstop. It's like. He has everything you would need to be a good outfielder, and I think the hands would matter, would matter less, mm-hmm. um, you know, tracking down fly balls than they would on the ground. 
Hey, just okay. have like Juan Lagares run a, a switching from shortstop to center field camp for for. Uh... <laughs> well, the guy he taught Juan was Louis Rojas, and he's in the clubhouse now. Perfect, so. right? Like, <laughs> and, and like he has the like he has a good arm. Honestly, I you know given our, our little tangent earlier about um Andres Jimenez, I, d- I don't know even know if it'll end up being an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's every chance that Jimenez doesn't hit enough to be you know. A regular or a, 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 you're the guy you're comfortable starting. <laughs> right. Um, and then in which case Ahmed's, you know, roughly league average plus or minus 10 points in either direction. Um, he's a fine choice. He, yeah, he's fine. Like yep. he's not. I don't think. If this improvement is him becoming a better complimentary piece, great. I just don't think. Yeah. My, my, my whole I point is that, that I don't I've, think. I've seen. Um, like superstar upside in him in, in many years. Nope. Yeah. Um, I think we're on the same page on that. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, Hey, I just hope the bat, if the bat of gods just smile on him for like another, uh, how many games are left in the season? 40, 50, 40. Yeah. It just keep whatever sacrifices so, you're making to yeah. the bat of gods. Ahmed, just keep doing that for another 40 games. And we're all good. Yeah. And like, um, I, I think he could easily be like, I don't think his BABIP for the season is all that out of whack being around no. 330 at the moment. I think a, a player with his speed and with his ability to put the ball in play as much as he does. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, if there is some marginal change in that, you know, again, big if small sample size, whatever, mm-hmm. um, like league average should be pretty simple for him then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, if yeah you're spraying, totally. you know, um, and if he's league average and playing a scratch shortstop, that's, you know, that's better than most. Shortstops. That, that's pretty, that's pretty close to a six, even if it's not a particularly exciting six. Right. right. I mean, just like catcher, people overestimate the quality of shortstops because it drops off pretty, like there's a lot, there's a, there's like a bunch of elite ones, but, um, and then there's, there's no middle tier, like Freddie Galvis. Yep. Oh, I guess he's been replaced by Bo Bichette. Um, uh, well, this is exactly the problem, right? You can't name any of these other shortstops. Let's, I, I'll look it up. <laughs> oh, who's like a good example for this? Let's see. Fangraphs.com. Yeah, so there's like the elite tier, and then there's a bunch of two-win guys. Like, um, okay, no. Gene Segura is a good example. He's a league average hitter, pretty good defender, 2.3 war. Um, Dansby Swanson, similar. 103 WRC plus, basically two war. Yeah. If that's what if that's what Ahmed is, that's fine. Yeah, if he'd be like somewhere in the the 10 to 15 range in the league, mm-hmm. that's like a starter. You know, not a particularly exciting starter, but that's a legitimate starter. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. We all want yeah, it. We, a, want, we wanted Machado, but we if we get. Yeah, we get out. It's fine. You get who knows? Who knows, man. <laughs> Like like we've said, he's he's got all the tools you could ever want. Maybe it coalesces. Uh huh. And he's only twenty three. He's only twenty three. Um, I think there might be a little more pop. I could buy that. But you know, it's always going to be more doubles power. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. also somebody I think the, the juice ball would probably help. Yeah, absolutely. You um, know, I'd be interested to see if they made more swing changes. What would what um. I honestly think they've tried so many things with him. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of have to let him hit. Let him... I, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. They've tried so many things. I, how many Steve Gelb's reports have we seen of Ahmed is now doing a leg kick. Ahmed is now back to a toe tap. Ahmed uh-huh. is now back to the original leg kick. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> It's very Byron Buxton almost. Like Yeah. Like we have this great prospect with all these tools who, you know, has taken a little while and you know, a lot of the sheen is worn off and a lot of people, I don't know. There's been a lot of hand wringing for explanations, I guess. Right. Uh, right. All right. Uh, I guess we'll take another break and then uh, we'll visit a uh, prospect from yesteryear in Oh Yeah, That Guy. So back after this. Hey everybody, it's Steve, and I was unable to join Lucas and Kenny this week because I'm down in Jim Cornette country. I'm down in Tennessee to see the Kingsport Mets. So the trip down here gave me plenty of time to think, and one guy 
that had a great week this week in 2012 that I completely forgot existed was Alonzo Harris. From August 4th to August 11th, he hit 517, 563, 793 with three doubles, a triple, a home run, three stolen bases, and was just basically an outright force for the St. Lucie Mets that week. He was born in Macomb, Mississippi, and is one of three players to be drafted out of Macomb High School, along with Adrian Brown and Gerard Dyson. He was a two-sport star there. He excelled in football and baseball. As a quarterback, he averaged about 250 rushing yards and 250 passing yards in his senior year. And then on the baseball diamond, he hit 540 with 11 doubles, 3 triples, and 11 home runs, and 30 stolen bases. Obviously, with numbers like that, he is getting scattered by colleges with big-time programs, baseball programs and football programs. And in the end, he chose baseball. He committed to Southwest Mississippi Community College and was going to play baseball there. The Mets drafted him in the 39th round of the 2007 draft. He was the 1,190th player to be selected overall, and he forewent his commitment to go to college to sign with the Mets. He signed late, so he ended up not actually playing at all in 2007, but he made his debut in 2008, and he really killed it. He hit 308, 379, 510 in 33 games of the GCL Mets, and he hit five homers, and he stole seven bases. He spent most of the next year, 2009, with Kingsport, and he was pretty much just as good there. He hit 273, 321, 447 in 58 games, with 10 home runs and 15 stolen bases. He got promoted to Savannah, Savannah Sad Nats, in 2010, and he struggled. Um, he spent a couple of games there at the end of the 2009 season, and he didn't look good, but it was only a handful of games, so whatever. But the shine really came off in 2010, when he hit 224, 270, 342 in 105 games that year. Though he did steal 18 bases, so that was good. But the Mets left him there um, in 2011, and he did a little bit better the second time around. He hit 270, 329, 5, uh, excuse me, 270, 329, 358 with 15 stolen bases, 109 games. They promoted him to St. Lucie in 2012, and you'd think based on his struggles in low A that there'd be a pretty long adjustment period. Surprisingly, though, he actually thrived against the tougher competition in the Florida State League. He played in 116 games that year, and he hit 287, 354, 424, with eight homers and a whopping 40 stolen bases. Uh, I'll quote our former minor league editor Rob Castellano here. Harris, quote-unquote, had prospect stock that was on life support, <laughs> but after his performance that year, he got a reprieve, and we ranked him 50 on Amazing Ave News' top 50 prospect list for 2012, which as an aside is crazy, and it's a number that we're never ever going to do as long as I'm in charge here. <laughs> he got promoted to Binghamton in 2013, and like a lot of other players, the jump to double-A just proved too much for Harris. In 101 games for the BMETs, he hit 218, 285, 305, though he did still have his legs and he did steal 25 bases. But the Mets cut him at the beginning of the 2014 season, and the Marlins picked him up a few days later, but he didn't really last long there. They signed him to the Jupiter Hammerheads, which is their high A affiliate in the Florida State League, um, the same place where he had so much success in 2012. But this time, he only managed three hits in 11 games before the Marlins had enough and cut him. He wasn't done with baseball, though, and over the next couple of years, he played a bunch of baseball with independent teams. For the rest of the 2014 season, he was with the New Jersey Jackals of the Can-Am Association. In 2015 and 2016, he played with the St. Paul Saints in the American Association. And in 2017 and 18, he was at the York Revolution in the Atlantic League. And he wasn't really just kind of like an older player scraping by, not wanting to let the dream go. He was actually really good in the, in the Indies. He was Baseball America's Independent League's Player of the Year in 2017. Um, he hit 315, 381, 530 that year with 23 home runs and 31 stolen bases. 
believe it or not, he's actually only 30 years old. And the numbers that he's putting up this year with the Guerreros de Oaxaca in the Mexican League are insane. Now, a little context. The Mexican League is using the new MLB juiced ball. And the elevations there that the teams play in basically put the PCL to shame. So it's like the perfect storm of insane offense. Um, The league average is 303, 374, 477. So, yeah. But believe it or not, 2019, Harris is currently hitting 332, 423, 694 with 35 home runs and 41 stolen bases. Yep. So... Uh, an interesting anecdote, but when he was signed, uh, the Mets regional scout, James Covington, said that Alonzo Harris had, quote-unquote, Alfano, Alfonso Soriano-type tools. Now, Harris is definitely going to have a 40-40 season in the Mexican League, and Alfonso Soriano was the last major leaguer to have a 40-40 season, so I guess time is a flat circle. And the circle is now complete. Uh, welcome back to From Complex to Queens. I'm Ken Lavin. I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos. And uh, this is Oh Yeah, That Guy. Um, Lucas, do you want to take it away? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That segment where I close all my tabs all the time. Oh, wait, I didn't. Hooray. It's a it's a better week than usual. Yep, first time uh, ever. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really the worst. I do that literally every episode. It's like, yeah, I, I'm going to just open up fan graphs here and search. Oh, that was my oh, yeah, that guy tab. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't just that wasn't just open for no reason. Uh huh. So this week's is Kyle Allen. Allen was a uh, pitcher taking the 24th round of the 2008 draft. Uh, 22 uh, pick 734 overall. Um, and during this week in 2009. He made a pair of starts, went nine innings, had a 2.89 ERA, and struck out eight. Uh, this was at single A at the time, which would be that's still Savannah at that point, I believe. So let's go with that. Let's go with Savannah at that time. Um, so Allen was a, 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 a righty pitcher. Spent some time in his draft year in rookie ball, where which were which is where he was the best in his career as a college guy. He was striking out almost 12 per nine innings and 34 innings. Um, came to 2009 with a little bit of helium, like he was uh, getting noticed from a couple of the uh, online prospect outlets and, and pitched reasonably well at single A, eight strikeouts per nine innings, walked an oddly high number of guys for four walks per nine, uh, and that's in 125 innings. But he put up a 3.35 ERA with a 4.02 FIP, which is... Uh, fine. Like it wasn't super exciting, but it was fine. Um, at this point he was getting some, some significant sleeper hype. Um, in particular, minor league ball had him, uh, noted as, as a guy to watch, um, whose rankings, who, who he, uh, it was John Sickles who expected him to, uh, shoot up the ranks a little bit. He had them as a B minus seventh in the system sandwiched in between our good friend Reese Havens and then Juris Familiar right below him. Um, so it inter- it's always fun to go back through these lists and see where everyone wound up. Um, so Allen was getting some hype going into 2010, and then he had a back injury that just really derailed him uh, uh, for much of that season. Uh, never quite got over it, was fighting through it for a while. We actually have an old interview on the site from uh, Rob Castellano with Kyle Allen where he talks about how it uh, couldn't quite get his leg right because of the back injury, and, and it just kind of derailed his whole season. Uh, and he never really capitalized on the prospect hype after that. Who knows if the back injury was lingering or if it caused other issues because uh, back injuries can definitely do that. Um, so in 2010, he was in advanced day and struggled, went back there for 2011 and struggled even more with an ERA in the sixes and uh, walking five guys per nine innings. He went back a third time in 2012, mostly as a reliever and was better, uh, got the walks under control, but still had an ERA over four. Uh, and after that season, the Mets released him, went into independent ball for a couple years um, uh, for the uh, American Association. So City in, in 2014 and then uh, the Frontier League for Rockford uh, in, in 2015, 
but only put up 47 innings there in, in independent ball before calling it quits eventually. And uh, moving on. Um, interestingly, he was actually born in Portugal. I don't know how many Portuguese players actually get drafted into major league organizations. I'm not sure there's ever been a Portuguese born player in the majors. So that would have been an interesting uh, goal if he reached it, but he topped out in uh, advanced day and then uh, moved on to greener pastures. Yeah. I, I had no, I, the name did not ring any bells for me. Yeah, same. <laughs> this just sounds like the most generic white guy name ever. It is two first names, yes. Yeah. I also, I, I misspoke earlier. He was not a college pick. He was picked as a, a high school righty um, uh, uh, in the 22nd round. So the draft was very different back then. I don't think it was, there wasn't as much uh, salary manipulation. So the Mets probably drafted him as a guy they thought was a legitimate, good, good prep pitcher. And uh, I guess it just never worked out like it does for most prep pitchers, yep. unfortunately. You take five or six of them in every draft and hopefully one works, you know. You just put them all. They'll make a nice a heap. Someone will get that Futurama reference. I think it was uh, Paul DePodesta in Moneyball who said that he drafts them in bulk in the later rounds. Uh-huh. It may, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like it, the, the yeah, take the riskiest, so. the riskiest profile and spread the risk around, you know? Yep, yep. Basic investment tenant. Then this is how you get the big short, but that's a, a whole different podcast as well. Um, did we tell people where steve was this week or uh yeah yeah. um steve is heading he's dead he's gone uh, you're stuck with us forever now oh no (laughs) okay cruel (laughs) no spare listeners you're stuck with ken and i forever oh no (laughs) (laughs) who wants to listen to that Yeah, no, uh, Steve's driving down to uh, Tennessee, I believe. I think West Virginia first and then Tennessee to, to check out the um, Kingsport Mets uh, of the Appalachian League. So hopefully he'll have plenty of notes uh, in the near future on Brett Batty, Francisco Alvarez, uh, Astadio the Younger. Um, who Astadio also- the Younger, who does not look like Astadio the Older, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Hopes deleted. Had a pretty great week last week. I think he, he, did. Had he two did. dunks. Yeah. Um, Fatty's yeah. been struggling a little bit. Yeah, I think yeah. it's safe to say he's a little rawer than uh, yeah, anticipated. You know, but again, post draft year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to hold that against him. I want to see um, what he does next year. My thoughts on Francisco Alvarez are very well known on this podcast. Uh, we're we're going to like break. You're going to put Francisco Alvarez at like two on the list next year. And it's going to be uh, entertaining. So like I get the we'll talk about it with Steve, but like I get the risks there. I just like look at the bat and it's like, ah, catchers are weird, man. Catchers are extremely weird. And he's not even like a tall catcher who would work. He's not even a, a sure shot. Yeah, a sure shot catcher. Like, uh huh. Nobody knows if he can catch, but <laughs> boy, can he hit. <laughs> yeah, boy, he can. I wonder if he could hack it at third base. I don't know. I don't think it's a given. I think it's definitely worth trying, I guess. But who knows? Hopefully he'll stick at catcher. Yeah, that'd be ideal, of course. If uh, Jorge Alfaro, I think Jeff said this uh, in Slack, but uh, if Jorge Alfaro and Gary Sanchez can get better as catchers, they both had like long, windy roads. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Gary Sanchez is somehow like an elite framer now. Yeah. For baseball perspectives metrics. So. I think part of it is we just really don't know a lot about <laughs> how like sticky framing numbers are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, over time and between levels. I think that's mm-hmm. that's really what it is. <laughs> right. And he's he's young enough that they have lots of time to to work on him yep. with things. So work on things with, with him. Words. <laughs> um yeah, I guess um, that it. <laughs> I think I think that's all we got. Uh, <laughs> These are always so much longer when Steve isn't here to. Right, because you, he has, there's no one there's no one to check our rants. <laughs> right. Let's do the rate, subscribe, and email oh, yeah, us. Yeah, true, true. Let's true. get yeah, out of have, dodge. We have a, we have a normal ending. Um, uh huh. 
yeah so you can uh please you know rate and review the podcast uh on where whatever apple itunes um wherever you get your podcasts from we're from complex to queens um you can email the podcast at from complex to queens at gmail.com um i'm ken lavin you can find me on twitter at ken lavin 91 lucas what's your twitter handle l vlahos 343 that's lucas vlahos um steve is at steve sippa um yeah really thinking out of the box with that one steve yep <laughs> uh yeah any any final parting words uh love love the in steve's words uh love the mets love the mets that, that sounds like as good a way as any to end the pot so yep all right we'll be back next week uh have a good one everybody